Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Geek Out, hosted by Those Guys Geek. I'm Steve. I'm Jason. I'm Chris. I'm Mike. And we have a special, special guest. Well, he's going to be a full-time member from here no, on out. He's not really a guest. We've got, uh, we've got Charles joining us, and just a brief overview before Charles says hi. This is our complete circle now. Uh, it all started out with a bunch of us just talking about all this shit online, drunk playing Xbox, it's now, the circle is now complete. So Charles, tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to all the people out there. Before you get into that, Charles, we're not much of a circle with five, we're more of a pentagon, but keep yeah, going. Yeah, agreed. All right. Yeah, it's a pentagon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there, it can be a fucking rectangle, I don't give a shit. We're an so, evil bunch. It's a rhombus. Charles, yeah. who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, I, uh, I mean, I've worked with everybody here. I mean, we all, uh, that's how we know each other. I just, I'm a fan of, uh, of course, games, uh, big music fan, sports fan. There you go, Chris. Nice Blue Jays shirt. I hate the Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, engulfed in the culture, man. Love it. Well, we're glad to have you, Charles. Uh, like I said uh, just briefly there, guys, this all started out as conversations we used to have on Xbox Live. We started talking about doing a podcast, and we're doing it. So we're going to get right into it right now. Guys, what happened this week? Well, uh, iOS 9 <laughs> launched this week, so <laughs> we all have talking. Like... <laughs> yeah, it's really good. iOS 9 is awesome. works really well. I'm glad. I can't wait to get you guys' opinions on it because obviously, um, I mean, I've been running iOS 9 now since the first beta and all the way through to the GM, so I've had it for quite some time. And there's a lot of things that I love about it that I was waiting for you guys to get on board with so that you guys all had some. What are your guys' thoughts, takeaways? I mean, what do you love about it? What do you hate about it? Um, I love it. I think it's uh, great. Um, it's made, it's, I don't know, really. It's made my phone faster. Uh, I find my phone is uh, is a lot more faster than it was before, and uh, it actually gave me an extra gig of room. Figured yeah, that one out. It did. Too. Um, yeah, like it it, it gave it's me an extra they, gig. Well, they made that announcement, Steve, that the the iOS like the the operating system um, wasn't going to be as clunky. Um, yeah, so that I way, there are those 16 gig iPhones are still going to be able to come into play and not have to worry about it. Um, a lot of the features, you know, that I really wanted in iOS 9, you know, they're not available on my phone, but, you know, a few of the little things that are there, like I can swipe now, and I can get the search, I can get uh, Siri recommends different apps, I can get news. Um, I'm actually, I was actually really disappointed that the news app is not available yet. It's not available in Canada uh, yet. It's going to be coming soon. Um, I was kind of looking forward to that. A um, couple of more apps are on my phone now that... I really don't give a shit about, but... Um, Speaking of that, though, did you guys hear that they're uh, apparently moving forward, they're going to allow you to remove those stock apps from iPhones? Yeah. It's not 100% confirmed, but I did, read it. I did read it. I mean, one of the so big benefits wise, of Android is great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, feature-wise, if you see, <clears throat> Samsung recently did a thing where you could hide the stock, uh, the stock apps on their new device. Even if Apple gave you the option of at least burying them away as if they're not there, that would be good enough for me, I think. I don't I don't have any care to have the stock app there and quite frankly even the weather app from Apple kind of sucks. I wish they would update that. But um, I'm I'm enthralled with the new notes app. Yeah. Uh, kind of read it notes for the first time. It's it's actually fucking awesome. I mean it works great. I've been I just was using it right now just to write notes down for this podcast and um, 
you can actually make checklists in it and you can add photos and draw in it and uh, you can actually be in a different app like Safari and hit the little uh, the little button uh, where you can like kind of throw something out to a note and like take a note of a website. It's very very powerful, I find. So it's pretty cool to see them do that without needing to jump into you know like a full fledged uh, document editing kind of thing. It's just way more powerful than the old one. So really like that. I tried to install it on my phone, but it didn't. It didn't work too well. So, uh, uh, apparently, it's not out for the Note Three. I don't know what that's all about. Mm. But, uh, I forget. Uh, soon, so I, I, I you, have you can actually get an app now. Yeah, yeah. There's an app from Apple <laughs> uh, where you can actually, transfer your stuff over to an iPhone. There you go. Make it nice I, and easy. As much as a, as a, a non-Apple fan I can be, uh, I've always found their mobile products were pretty solid. I mean, it's one of the benefits of the fact that they don't have. You know, a fragmented environment like uh, Android does. You just you, they control the hardware, they control the software. So I mean, I haven't played with it. I've heard a lot of great feedback. I have a lot of clients on campus uh, where I work that have downloaded it, and they say they're enjoying it quite a bit. Even like Steve said on the older hardware, it seems to run a lot better, which is nice. So, um, so yeah, yeah, Apple for their great mobile stuff. Well, just to correct you, Jason, I'm not using older hardware. I'm using the 6 Plus. Uh, that's six that's plus older six. hardware now, man. Oh, well, now it is. But, no, I, I find it run. I, I don't know. I just think, like, from iOS 8 to iOS 9, I don't know what it is. I just find it runs smoother, probably because, like you said, Chris, it's not as clunky as the previous uh, generation. But, uh, Charles, you were saying that you really liked it. What, what uh, are some yeah, of your favorite like features? Like simple little things like the multitasking going from, like if I'm in AMRC, uh, you know, and I hop out to YouTube or something, there's that quick, just simple little things like that quick back to the previous app. Oh, yeah, I love that, man. Just like simple things that, I don't know, which I always found, like I was always using Samsung, and they were really good with, with, you know, the user interface is really brilliant kind of that way. And uh, anyway, simple little things like that are just kind of really coming into the, the iOS. Quickback is a great feature. It's, it's awesome. like something yeah. that's just, it's so minor, yet fundamentally changes the way that I use the phone. I mean, I don't have to double tap anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a minor enough. thing, but it's, it's pretty cool. One of the best things that I love about iOS 9 that hasn't been mentioned here yet, um, and it very maybe very minor to some people, but the new San Francisco font on the phone yes. is amazing. I, like, it's so easy I to read. Like, it's it. Uh, no, and I'm glad you. Yeah, it's it's Chris. great. Lowercase uh, lowercase characters on the on the keyboard. You guys like that? Yeah. It was a little weird at first, I gotta say, but uh, yeah. hey, whatever. It works. No, it, it looks good, but uh, you know what's really great, uh, Chris? Uh, watch OS was delayed. Isn't that great? Yeah, how's your watch working, Chris? How's your watch Actually, ironically, uh, just because WatchOS 2 is not released, WatchOS 1.0.1 still works fucking flawless. So kiss my ass, all you assholes without Apple Watches. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, yeah, it was delayed. There were some bugs coming out. Uh, apparently that happened right before launch time for WatchOS 2, and I will say I, I was super disappointed because it's one of the things, obviously, as you guys know, I've been really looking forward to. Um, ju- just the small things that came on it. Now, that being said, I mean, uh, I... I chose not to install the beta for Watch OS 2 on my Apple Watch uh, throughout the process. It's uh, and I'm usually that guy. I uh, I'll install beta software on anything I have. I mean, I'm still running the El Capitan beta on my iMac right now. Um, but with my watch, I just didn't want to fuck with it. <laughs> Everything was working too good, and I saw too many bugs on YouTube. 
Um, but yeah, it's this happened back when uh, iOS 8 first launched as well, and I'm not sure if you guys remember that or not. Like they put the they they put it up, and then they had to pull it down right away and delay it for like three or four days because there was some serious bugs that came with it. But then they did get it all fixed up, so I'm really hoping that it comes out this week. It's it's way better for them too. that they. Oh, sorry, Mike. It's just way better that they delay it rather than Agreed. launch yeah. a buggy product. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, they they do need to delay it because you don't want to like they learned their lesson last time. You launched the product. It was it was bricking things, and you just can't you can't do that these days. There's too much at stake. Well, especially when the stock uh, had dropped quite a bit there right before the announcement of iOS nine stuff. Like it was the lowest Apple had been in a long time, so they can't afford to start fucking around and take risks anymore. But, I mean, yeah. as it is now, I mean, Mike and I were playing with the watch last night. What? Who's got a watch? Seamless. Uh, uh, friend of ours. Uh, what? I want some. I thought you guys were excited. I thought somebody else was going to tell me you guys got <laughs> no, 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 just a buddy of ours. A friend of ours was showing us his watch and helps. It's, it's a very practical device. I don't know. I mean, it's the first time I really kind of had a like it. I know. Like, I kind of agree with you, Jason. Like, they're really not really, you know, it's, it's kind of a... Why do? Why would you want to have that? Thank know. you, thank you so much. <laughs> but what we saw Charles, last night was very practical. Charles, listen, you can't come into this podcast and agree with Jason, okay? Wow, well, fuck Charles. Good to be in here for the first episode. You can get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Let's let's now that we're speaking about Jason, we just had a little uh, snippet about the watchOS. Jason. Destiny released an expansion this week. Yeah, they did. Um, you like it? Yeah. So, uh, if if anyone knows, I, I hated Destiny with a fucking passion beyond belief. It was a garbage game we uh, when it came Destiny. out. Yeah, we all did. I mean, yeah. it's, it wasn't just me, but uh, I did. I wrote a review for it earlier this. Uh, this I year didn't hate it. Sure. I liked it. Sorry, all of us but the fucking Newfie hated Destiny. Steve likes to play with spreadsheets, though, yeah, too. Yeah, so. so there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, Bungie's uh, released The Taken King this week. Um, I actually think for if you haven't given up the game, it's worth giving it a try. I said uh, before I bought it, I'd buy this expansion. If it didn't work out, like that would be the last bit of money I put into Destiny. And uh, But honestly, I think I'm going to keep going. Uh Wow. They, I feel like Bungie's actually listened to a lot of concerns from players, and we're finally out of that. You know, everybody's joking about the year-long beta that Destiny was in, uh, <laughs> most expensive beta for a video game, and really, uh, I think it's true. I think the game has more content in the expansion than all of like the original game and the previous two expansions combined. Um, Did... Uh... Did they add Master Chief this time? Or not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, one no? thing I will say is... Uh, Story was my biggest complaint previously because there there really was none. There was no nothing really tangible to to hold you to the game. But I think they've really fixed that this time. I think you know there's a major villain. There's a focus. Uh, there's, there's a, a lot point. Of, there's a point to it. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, really nice and it's something you don't often see with like an MMO style game. Um, yeah. So uh, I definitely think. Uh, I definitely think they fixed a lot of the issues with it. So, mine's still I'm, mine's still sealed in the package downstairs. I I haven't picked it up yet myself, uh, mainly because I'm a poor student now. So, um, but oh, stop looking for fucking sympathy. Go get it. <laughs> I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's not, it's not a priority for me. Like when I play Destiny, I I 
I tend to spend a lot of time playing it. So right right now I have other priorities in my life that I have to, but I want to play this expansion. It does seem like it's it's a lot better than the previous ones. So. I'll tell you this right now, Steve. I've sunk probably ten to twelve hours into this week, and I'm not done all of the quest lines that are in the expansion. So well, look it does at seem... this way, Steve. Too. Hold on. I'm just going to cut you off real quick. No problem. You're right. As a student investing into something like this, look at it on the plus side. If you're home playing Destiny, you're not out spending money. So as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. As right? a student, from a student point of view, sounds to me like you, you spend forty dollars once. That's it. And then you you're just poor for the rest of your life, and you don't have to worry about it. You're set. You're fine. I'm I'm getting to it. But what what I've uh, what I've read about the expansion, what I've heard from people who've actually played it, it does seem like this game is now starting to mold itself into the game that everybody wants it to be, and that Bungie is actually listening for the first time in a fucking year. But they had um, to. They had to. They had, yeah. it was it was either that or they were going to lose this game, and they want this game to go on now for the next for the entire length of the next generation. I I, I don't think they were ever in danger of losing the game with twenty million people that were actively playing it before the expansion even launched. So I mean, realistically, yeah, yes I, and no. I think it's just that uh, you know there were there were people that really liked it previously and people that really didn't. I think one major problem Destiny had previously is that it really adhered to the old ideology of how MMOs work, like the endless grind and, and things like that that just gamers don't want anymore. You know, we want instant gratification. We don't have time. Da our friend Dale, 650 hours he's logged into that game, and he didn't even have the top gear that you could get uh, at the end. And that's a lot of time to sink in. And he's you know. not a half-assed player either. No, and he's not. He's, he's like, fantastic at the game. He knows yeah. the ins and outs of it beyond belief. Like, it's ridiculous. But they fix that. Like, it's easy to get gear. Uh, like, you know, it's not an endless grind. And it's just, it's it's worth it to pick it up. I'm, I have a, a, a review that's going to go live on our site, so if you guys want to read it and see some more... Uh, more details. It's pretty lengthy. So uh, and for those wondering, yeah. Dale's a lonely fellow. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dale. Also, but, just a quick note about what you just said. Um, so we do plan on adding some content finally back to the website, which has yes. uh, been kind of dormant for the last little bit. But uh, there's been some technical issues, and uh, it's good to see that we're finally getting back on track with uh, some expanded universe content. Yes. We say. We're going to get some of our writers back involved in it, and we're going to get new writers. We're going to have new people writing on the website, so it's going to be great to see it go live again. Um, in other news, guys, uh, Nintendo announced uh, this week that they're having a new president. Um, obviously, with the uh, the passing of the previous president, I don't know his name off the top of my head. So, um, but yeah, so Sriracha president Iwata, I think is how you say his name. Iwata, Iwata yeah, yeah, Iwata, yeah. yeah. Spell but, it. Uh, right. Yes, the charge yeah. yeah. class. No. No Tragic loss of Iwata, but uh, now we have uh, a new president. I don't, I don't give a shit, but maybe you guys do. Wow! I, wow. Well, wow. <laughs> I don't What's give a shit to know about, about the new. Well, I know you don't, but Nintendo is is basically to me. Nintendo is is you know one step. Uh, they are the company that saved. They're the reason why you're playing Destiny right now. So you I'll agree with have that. to hand it to them for. For saving the, because Atari drove it into the ground at in the original generation. So um, I don't disagree. That being with said, that. I think what's interesting about it is um, just that uh, the he's kind of an intern president, I believe, because he is. He's, he's only at, he, he's only yeah he's sixty five and he's at retirement age, 
and they did it on purpose, probably just to allow for uh, functional restructuring to happen. And uh, I think Nintendo had some big plans coming, especially uh, they just showed recently some uh, leaked, not leaked, but uh, some specs on the new NX system, the next generation system that Nintendo's working on. And uh, they need somebody basically to helm the ship while they finish this up and uh, probably ser- search for like a long-term uh, president after that, right? I, so, I, I will I say this. Really big news. Yeah. I will say this. He is a serious-looking man. He, like, Iwata was always kind of, like, silly and is, like, if you watch the Nintendo Directs, like, have you ever noticed, like, they're kind of, like, playful and, and fun, and this guy looks like he means business. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's old-school, he's old-school Japanese businessman, for sure, versus Iwata, which was... Yeah. Very Americanized, right? So well, and funnily enough, be interesting. He this this new president, uh, I can't really pronounce his name. Uh, Tatsumi Kimishima. Yeah, he was the former president of Nintendo America uh, until uh, Reggie took over for him. So I mean, <laughs> uh, so that's that's some interesting news. But uh, I saw Nintendo Two announce they were going to continue the Nintendo Directs. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, who they get to do that. Uh, I think forward. Reggie's going to probably step in. Quite literally, I think Nintendo should look at an American president for the company. I think that would be amazing if they yeah, right. just, you know, Americanized. Because let's be honest, the European and American uh, industry drives it monetarily yeah. versus the Japanese industry. So the Japanese industry is still there and it's still strong and it always will be there, I think. But... Uh, they could learn something by allowing an American president to come in and really go toe to toe with maybe like Sony and Microsoft. Well, if you, uh, if, you, if, you if, ago, so. if you look at Sony and Microsoft, they have very um, like micro, uh, Xbox, for example, has Phil Spencer, who's very, you know, he's pretty much top dog for uh, Xbox, and he's very uh, he's very consumer faced, you know, especially on social media and whatnot. And Nintendo just really doesn't have that at the moment as well, so. You know what I miss about Nintendo the most? Do you remember the old Nintendo Power magazines? Yes! They were great. Uh, I was such a subscriber. Where where is Howard Lincoln? Where is he? Where is he? I need to know. Those are are considered like like almost works of art now nowadays amongst the gaming community because well, you, I mean, you know it's really posters, cool. man. I had those posters littered through my wall. Not just the posters. If you line up your issues, like your yeah. yearly issues from January to February, they create a fucking image on the on the, the binders, man. On the yeah, spot. Absolutely. Ah, those That's days were cool. amazing. Yeah. Charles, um, you've been a little quiet there. I'd like to get your input. There's hey, a, Nintendo. They're, they're going in a great direction now. I mean, like, like everybody should vote. Everybody should find uh, Mike's uh, brand new level he created. Uh, I, you know, Nintendo's going to be doing some good things. That's, that's my humble yeah, to, to, to what Charles is referring to is I, I did go out on uh, day one and buy Mario Maker, uh, Super Mario Maker, which is... It, it just literally blows my mind how amazing that game is. There's over a million levels already uploaded. Uh, so it's like Mario forever right now. And... Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, the editing... restructuring on, on, on where they have been. Yeah. The editing is amazing. The editing's amazing on them. Very easy to put to le- a level together, and it okay, just keeps getting more and more complex how, how's the as I go along. Scheme, Mike? 
So essentially, it's very like stylus driven on your touchscreen, and uh, you just you get like kind of just uh, little stamps. If you guys remember Mario Paint from like 1992, oh, yes. of course I do. It's essentially Mario Paint, except you can hit the play button and actually play the level that you just drew on the screen. It's really that simple, and they have such a brilliant uh, design factor. You're not allowed to upload the level until you click play and play through it and beat the level. And then as you beat it, that is the de facto thing that allows it to be uploaded. So it has to be a level that you can actually beat. That's yep. awesome. It's so simple yet and, and elegant, but have you, uh, have you played anybody's levels on there? That uh... Oh, my goodness. Charles and I sat down like the day after I bought it, and we probably played about 15 or 20 levels easily, and they're, some of them are genius. Like... Well, some of them are just like press left, don't hit jump, don't do anything, and the game just—it's like a roller coaster ride. It just takes you through some crazy <laughs> level that was. But but the the, really the level of, of intensity put into to program a level like that, crazy, and the characters that you're able to bring in too with your amigos and all that stuff, like. It's the uh, only yeah, reason so, I'm finally contemplating buying a Wii U. It's worth it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it is totally worth it. I gotta say, it's it's the one game that I think makes that machine uh, worthy of what they attempted. It, it is the ultimate game. It's too bad that it didn't launch with the machine. It, it actually shows what the touchscreen stylus and TV all can do together as, yeah. uh, as one big unit. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Before we move on, I just want to ask, too, if, uh, did anyone catch the, uh, the ad video that uh, um, Miyamoto did for Mario Maker where he like confirmed some Mario myths and stuff like that? Did anyone want to catch that? No. Or like people, yeah, people asked him things cool. like uh, they were like, "Oh, is was Super Mario Brothers three all just a, a show?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was. Like it was just a play going on. You know, yeah. just really cool stuff like that that he talked about." So wasn't that only created so that the wizard had a sweet game to play in the movie? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. Yes, the wizard. This always comes back to the wizard somehow. Yeah, it always, it's like every, every episode. I saw in theaters. That was the wizard before. Do you think? Do you think if we like if we put a feeler out there that Fred Savage would come on the show with us? Or he's in a new show. Awesome. He's in a new show. He's busy. He's in a new TV show now, so I, I don't know, man. I, I think he's too busy. Uh, see, I think they should make a sequel to The Wizard. Like, I think it would be amazing. You just keep your anyway, power glove on, her pal. Moving on. Speaking of games, Tokyo Game Show, and uh, hey, Sony is talking about their VR system, which is something else I don't give a shit about. And, uh, I know that's gonna be. I know that's gonna. You're the worst fucking host ever. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about Jesus things Christ. I don't care. About. I don't. I'm not. I don't get excited over niche products because. So we're gonna talk about a topic that I fucking hate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the v, VR is great. Um, honestly, like what we were saying before, uh, <laughs> VR is great and all, but it's not something that I really, I really. Think is as Purple big as people are making it to be. I do not think it's a future <laughs> game. So, uh, hey, it's I'll, I'll, I'm going to speak on this just really quickly because I seem to be the only Sony lover in this group. So, oh, hey, no, no, no. Um, I like okay. Sony. I like Sony. Yeah. I well, can't I know that Charles loves it. He just uh, Charles is a Sony lover too, except he's converted to Xbox now. So, hey, I had a PS4 a, for a month. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I just can't. I just can't afford one right now. And I mean, just, I, I so, honestly, Mike, so. you're my only friend with a PS4. Everybody else plays Xbox. So I was like, fuck it, I dumped it. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, but the truth is, I've actually tried on. Uh, I've played some yeah. VR, and um, I I put on the uh, the Samsung uh, Gear VR, um, and it was actually. Uh, just to Steve's point, uh, I'm I'm the biggest naysayer when it comes to this type of stuff too. But quite frankly, it was a transcendent experience. I gotta say, it was pretty, it was pretty fucking amazing. Um, and it wasn't even really interactive. It was just looking around. Uh, I was in an Avengers trailer, and I could see like all around me, like the characters moving and things. It was insanely cool, and. It really got my eyes open to the idea that VR content is definitely the next generation, and um, Sony putting shit tons of money into this is going to be, uh, you know, if they can attach a peripheral to your PlayStation and bring you literally into the game, I'm all about it. I think it's uh, I think it's a fantastic technology and. They seem to be the only ones that are moving forward with an actual, you know, wide-release mass consumer product uh, that is going to be within reach, I think, considering I know that Oculus has their big announcement, and but the problem with Oculus right now is that you need a $1,500 total solution to kind of get it done. Uh, With this Sony VR system, it's going to be roughly, you know, three to four hundred dollars, which sounds expensive, is expensive. But if we look at it as a whole new system, a whole new platform, I think once we see what starts to come out for it, we'll probably go for it. Well, here's yeah, what I have to look say. at it too. Hold on, and I just want to say, I mean, if you're, you you look at a PS4 console to add this on, I mean, it's a thousand dollar solution just to get her started. Yeah. Right? Here's what I here's Here's what I have to say about VR, and I'm I'm looking at gaming as a whole because right now, like you say, like you say, Mike, and I know you're a big, um, you know, you, you like you you've always said in the past that you think VR is like the future of, of gaming, and I don't dis- I don't necessarily agree with that, but the reason I don't really care about it is because there's so much happening in gaming right now. Like indie games are still trying to find a a like there's a lot of indie games out there, but they're still trying to find I at least I think. A lot of indie games are still trying to find their voice. Like they're they're still trying to find that big category that they can fill, and they still haven't found like this is. I, I find most indie games on systems don't really find a home. Like either you know they they become big, people a couple people play them, and then the big publishers kind of say, well, go go fuck yourself, you know, get get out of here. And then you, there's there's always you know there's there's always the the ups and downs of the core gamers and whatnot. So I just find it's being saturated with so many different types of games that you know there's so much focus on doing this and doing this and doing this that there there has to be a singular focus in gaming because there's just so much out there. You know, you have your core games, you have your indie games, which by the way, there's a lot of great developers coming out of there. If anything, I'm very excited to see what indie developers do with VR. Um, I haven't had a chance to experience VR yet. I'm kind of interested in in Oculus, and uh, I am interested to see what Morpheus is going to do. But uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a year or two before it takes off. And plus, like you said, Chris, it's a $1,000 solution for this. This is not for everyday gamers. No, but I think if we go back to a couple of our old podcasts ago, I mean, I I agree with Mike, I think, and I don't think it's a secret. I made it pretty clear to both uh, you and Jason back in the day. Um, I'm a huge fan. And what sold me on it, again, I'm a huge Minecraft guy. As cheesemo as that is, I love Minecraft. 
And to be able to build this shit in a virtual reality setting, and to be when I when they started showing the demos of all that other stuff too, like that's what I'm looking forward to, a more of a hands-on thing. And I and I, I again haven't had a chance to see the VR stuff like Mike has. So, but just hearing about the experience, Mike, I'm just like, holy shit! I want to be involved. Like I gotta see this. I, I want to be there. And I want it, it I want to really, be like, holding a lightsaber in VR. Okay? I think, so. Uh, <laughs> I think there's some cautious optimism to it, too. Like, if you look at the fact um, Oculus, for example, were bought out by uh, Facebook, I believe, purchased them. And it it seems like they... It's not just for gaming that it's going to be. They intend to make it into, like, you know, a mass media kind of device. I think it's it's very... Sorry, I just want to say, I think it's very telling, too, that uh, companies like Microsoft and Nintendo have chosen to not develop dedicated VR hardware, and in Microsoft's case, you know, they instead kind of went the less risky route of just partnering with Oculus, who's already halfway through. So I think that's very telling in a sense uh, as well, that there's a caution to it. To to that point, and to Steve's point, and even Chris, um, and Chris, you hit it on the head with, you take a regular game like Minecraft, which is which really started as an indie-style game. That was an indie game that just blew up into... (laughs) something that's, you know, fundamentally huge out there. Um, you can get Minecraft on everything. It's kind of like the the old days. It was like, can it play Doom? Nowadays, it's like, can it play Minecraft? And uh, it's, it's one of those things that it seems to be on everything. Um, when it comes to VR, I think that uh, it's kind of the same kind of revolution that personal, like, uh, phones, like smartphones, have had where these days, you know, you you go out into any public space and 99% of the population have their phone out and they have, you know, their head down looking at their phone. VR is actually, I think, going to do that same type of thing for gaming. It's just going to make gaming a little more personal, a little more... You can take those indie games that Steve's talking about and you can do it in VR. You can take the social network that Facebook has and you can do it in VR. And you can do... Uh, a movie in VR, and you can do... It's basically... Everything can actually be done in this new realm of technology. And I think it's actually... Like, when I say it's transcendent, it actually is a fundamental difference uh, in something that we all just haven't experienced yet, that once we do experience, uh, I think that's what we're going to... We're going to see a lot of the industry... It doesn't mean it's going to actually take... And, like, you know, we all have... We all have cell phones now and we still have computers and we all have gaming machines and we you know still have TVs and like just like I'm just saying it's going to be a whole new realm and the technology is gonna, has become a lot less expensive than previous and a lot a lot more like VR is nothing new guys no uh, I remember when I was a child there was VR arcades that Buddy, I used to have the Virtual Boy from from Nintendo. I had it. I had the Virtual... I used to play Tetris and that shit. I owned it. I can't wait till I get poked virtually on Facebook. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I I think... think, And Mike, I I will tell you this... I'm more interested in this than I was the Kinect or the Wii or the whole motion generation because, I mean, we're kind of away from... Well, I mean, at least in turn, at least outside of Nintendo, we're kind of moved away from the motion side of things in gaming right now. Like, 
there is not so much of an emphasis on, you know, hey, you can control this game with your hands now or anything like that. Like, the, like it's almost like it's gone backwards and VR is taking its place. And, I mean, I'm just looking at my uh, my Disney Infinity pad here right now and I'm, I got an idea that, you know, it, you know, we could have, like, a system like that where you hook this up to that and then you just lay, like, a little something on the pad and then it automatically goes into your headset and then, then you're playing the game through the headset through the system. So, I mean, it's it's definitely something that is probably going to be good. It's, it's not something I'm really excited for yet because I still want to see some more. And like I said, when I can have a lightsaber in VR, oh, yeah. It's probably going to take a few years for it to really hit. Oh, sorry, Charles. Um, but well, yeah, let's... yeah, I mean, but I think it's, you know, definitely like you're talking about like the connect and stuff, like it's it's we're finally kind of it, it, there's a lot more buying power put into this too. Like this is a big thing. This is a big release, and I think it's definitely going to take a little bit more. I mean, in fact, I mean, my cousin, myself, like way back when we were, you know, elementary school, we were talking about how do we get ourselves into a game like that? It's weird. I don't know, little nerdy kids, but it's. Uh, well, I think it's, yeah, it's the dream, Charles. Good. Exactly. I mean, this is. I mean, it's Tron, baby. I'm it's glad Tron. that it'll just kind of fall <laughs> out, you know. I think Lawnmower Man. Remember that movie? Anybody? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Great, Great reference. So, guys, <laughs> there you go. What else? Anything else you guys had on your minds for this week? Uh, I, I mean, I know there was a bunch of other stuff, too, we had uh, we were talking about. And Google, Google's got an event coming up, guys. I'm surprised Jason hasn't talked about this, yeah, being Mr. Android. Uh, well, it's because Jason's switching over to iPhone. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, man, I'm... Actually, I have an appointment at the Apple Store uh, right after this. So. <laughs> I want everyone to know, actually, before we move on, um, I just thought everyone should know that I pre-ordered an iPad Pro. Yeah, I'm Congrats. not surprised about that. Yeah. Congrats. Guess who's yeah, guessing awesome. getting an Apple Pencil? I don't know. <laughs> and, and just quickly, guys, uh, we, did ha- we did have a podcast film for last week where we were talking about the Apple event, and, uh, you know, a lot of us are pretty cool. A lot of us are pretty you know, okay with it, but uh, yeah, one of the big things was we were trying to figure out what the purpose of an iPad Pro is. So it's kind of cool to see Chris. Well, you know what, Dobby, Dobby, Chris will be able to tell us now once he gets it. We we expect an in-depth review. <laughs> um, so That's guys, right, Chris. Um, anybody, anybody have anything else they like to mention on our podcast to our lovely uh, listeners and viewers? Uh, no, the other thing I'd like to say, uh, first and foremost, again, just to reiterate, uh, Charles, it's really good to have you on board, buddy. Uh, oh, super yeah. happy to have you around. Um, just one last Apple news. I hope everybody pre-ordered their iPhone 6 because it is la- 6S launch time, so go get some if you haven't. Yeah, that's ordered. true, yeah. Uh, Mike, Lots uh, we, of pre-orders for that. Yeah. Mike, we all know. Yeah, I was going to actually... Yeah. I was actually going to ask you that, uh, Mike, what, what are you been finding, you know, um, at work... Have you been finding a lot more people are pre-ordering this device as opposed to the iPhone 6 yeah. and 5S? So I can say I've been through a tons of different uh, iPhone launches right from the, the very first one to right now. And uh, probably the biggest hit we ever had prior to this one was the iPhone 4S, or the iPhone 4, I guess, would have been the bigger one. Um, the iPhone 6 didn't have time pre-orders. I think we had maybe a grand total of five pre-orders on the iPhone 6. The iPhone 6S, however, I would say, dare say that we're at 20 already, which, you know, I'm in a small small shop. So yeah. um, it's, you know, it's one of those things that uh, that's actually, you know, quite a bit more. And I think Apple does have a hit on their hands here, uh, at least preliminary what uh, what phones numbers, are the you know. what phones are these people leaving? Are they leaving 5s's? Are they leaving 
sixes. Because um, I know we do have we do have those people that like Dobson that buy the new one every year. Don't be a dick. Yeah, I think most of these people are leaving five. <laughs> most of these people are leaving the S variant, and it seems to be like once people try to get onto the S line because it's always just that a little bit better than the previous one, right? So. Most of these people are 5S users, uh, a couple of 6 users, a couple of 4S users, ironically. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're seeing a, a pretty big hit here, uh, at least early on, for Apple. So. And the good news is, everybody, Mike, Mike told me to tell everybody that if we get 100,000 likes, he's going to give somebody in that view an iPhone 6S. <laughs> wow, wow. It's going to take 100,000 um, likes amazing. to get there, though. 100,000 likes. Since since most of our viewers know that you are the the Apple person to go to, are you going to upgrade? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I don't even know why you asked that question. Uh, I think we all knew it. It's uh, it's honestly, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, it's not for the uh, the sweet motion photos. Uh, it's uh, the the 3D uh, the 3D touch the force touch the 3D force touch. That uh, is I love so my watch. Rad, man. It, it it works really well. I, I can't wait to see what it can do. Um, I'm a big camera guy with my phone. I use my camera for everything, and that's why I upgrade as much as I do. Plus, let's be honest, I don't want to call a spade a spade, but I usually get it through work, so um, hey. it's kind of an added bonus. So, I mean, I, I'll agree with you there. I, that's one of the big features I would really like. I don't regret getting my 6 Plus when I did, but I, uh, I'm i kind of jealous of anybody who has 3D Touch because it does look really cool. Well, let's just I just really want to touch on really quickly, what do you guys think about uh, this new subscription plan to get an iPhone every year that Apple just launched? That it's only, it's only in the States. We'll start there. Uh, right. It is only in the States. If it... If it came to Canada, it would actually f it would fundamentally change the industry here, which yes. would be amazing. But what do you I think I, I couldn't quite piece together how it like. Do they have some sort of? They're paying thirty-two bucks a month, which is basically eliminating the subsidy. Man, it's exactly yeah, what they're it's... doing. It's expensive. It's a gimmick, but can... people are going to use it, so you get every new iPhone every can year. You... I, I do it. Can, I, can you only See, do it if you let... do it through the Apple Store? Or can you do yes. it through a carrier? Right now, it's only no, through the Apple, Apple Store. Store okay, makes sense. And there's no way a carrier would do that, I don't think. Um, at least cool in Canada, I can't speak for the U.S. carriers. I was going to say, what's cool about I'm it, I'm just going to touch on this. Really. Phone, sorry, they are throwing in uh, Apple Care with the product as well. Oh, wow, that's nice. Yep. Yeah. So just Canadian industry-wise, the subsidy that you pay every month when you're on a plan in Canada for two years is about $29. So you're not paying Apple a whole lot more, plus... If you bring your own device to most major carriers, you save about twenty bucks a month off your yeah. plan. So you're actually paying, like you know, obviously the dollar would be different, but let's just say you're paying about twenty extra dollars a month, and you got yourself a new iPhone every year. That's great. That's covered under Apple Care. I think it's a f it's amazing. I wonder okay. if they. I wonder if they would move into Canada though, given that uh, you know the install base is easily. I don't know if it'd be as lucrative for them. I guess in our market. I wonder. In major centers, those you got to think. I mean, your Toronto's, your Vancouver's, your Montreal's. I mean, those yeah. those are major, major centers, or your Edmonton's, even for you guys, Jason. I mean, two Apple stores, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if you look at what they've done. I mean, eventually, fundamentally, it would make no sense for them not to make those adjustments. Yeah, maybe someday. At some point, yeah. Apple's looking to take over the fucking world, man. I mean, it's not. Uh, they're done messing. I'll tell you though, if Apple does this, if they do bring it into Canada, first off, it's going to shake up. It's going to shake up the cell phone world big time. Sure. And secondly, 
I guarantee you, uh, Samsung's probably playing a wasty attitude on this, probably. and they'll launch this as well. They'll be right behind them on it. Absolutely. I, I, and I do. You're going to see. I got to ask, uh, do you guys have Samsung stores out uh, in the East? Because we have one here in Edmonton, and I'm, I'm just curious if. Uh, if no, you're I, one well, out I don't. There. I don't think we have. One. There may be one in Halifax, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And I'm guessing Newfoundland sure as fuck doesn't have one. No, we don't. <laughs> we have a, we have a third party Apple. Store. It is it is really crazy how Apple's retail environment has really taken uh, is really being copied by Samsung, Microsoft. I mean, and you walk into those stores and it's like walking into a different Apple store. Basically, it's. Uh, I, I walked into a Microsoft store last week when I was in Toronto, and it was the first one I'd been to in years. Nice. And you're right, like it's. It literally looks like a different version of an Apple store. Um, yeah. it's, it's, obviously, they wouldn't let them put them side by side, so it was down the hallway from the Apple store, I might add. But, uh, but ultimately, I, I like it. I mean, Microsoft's putting out some great products as well, guys. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody that, I mean, yes, I drank the Kool-Aid. Yes, I like Apple products. It's not a secret. Microsoft but... just had, a, had an event where they had an, what they called an iPhone Pro at it after they installed their... Office apps onto it, which I thought was a hilarious jab, uh, basically at Apple's iPad Pro launch, uh, which they were part of, ironically. But it was kind of a funny little tap really on cool Apple, and it, it seems really like cool Microsoft. It, I think it's really interesting to see Microsoft partner, uh, or, or just get up there as a software company, which is really what they've always excelled at as is their yeah. software. So it's good to see. Yeah. But yeah, and and just on that, we know that Microsoft and Apple's always had a good relationship. So, but um, but hey, guys, you know we've talked about a few things this week. Um, do you guys think that VR is the future of gaming? Do you don't give a shit like I do, or I mean, do you, are you really excited about VR? Are you gonna get a 6S? Are you gonna get a 6S Plus? You know, let us know in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, if you're subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, thank you so much. And also, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are going to be revitalizing the thoseguysgeek.com website soon. So head on over to thoseguysgeek.com to check out uh, Jason's review of The Taken King for Destiny. Um, and, yeah, for uh, this week, guys, this is uh, Those Guys signing out. We'll see you next week for another episode of Geek Out.